Welcome to Funding the Dream, a Game Whisperer podcast for Kickstarters. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer and host of Funding the Dream, and today is January 27th, 2012, and this is episode 25. This is actually episode 8 of our second season, but consecutively we're at episode 25. We're thrilled because uh, as this uh, episode goes live, we've just been approved for Kickstarter to have our own Kickstarter project funding uh, the Dream Podcast Kickstarter Project for Season 3. So look for that as we go live. And today I'm joined by a returning guest, Michael Mendes with Tasty Minstrel Games. Michael, thank you for joining us again. Well, you're welcome. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to have you on the show because um, this, this episode we're going to talk about over the next uh, 20 minutes. You have just come out with a brand new Kickstarter uh, campaign. Tell us a little bit about... That kicks, bring our listeners up to speed kind of on your latest Kickstarter campaign that you have uh, brought to market. Oh uh, well, the game is for the win. It's a uh, strategy strategy game. It's kind of an abstract strategy game with a, a theme. And um, when I mentioned that to Seth, he says that those are not compatible. It's either one or the other. It's an right. abstract strategy, or it has a theme. Um, but it's uh, a tile-based game. It's very similar to Hive, uh, and you place your uh, tiles for your characters, and the goal is to um, have them all touching and active and ready to go, and there are uh, special abilities for each one, and there are aliens and ninjas and pirates and monkeys and uh, some a zombie, yeah. And so that's what the game is. Okay, so that's the game. Tasty, yeah. Tasty Minstrel Games, you guys have come out with Kickstarter projects before, right? Yeah, a couple. Okay, and uh, just for the listeners' sake, what were, those, uh, what were those games that you came out with on Kickstarter oh, already? Yes, we had uh, Eminent Domain was our first project that ended funding late in 2010, and we raised $48,000, a little over 48000 doing that. And then Kings of Aaron Steam finished funding late 2011, and we expect to deliver that in July of 2012. Uh, that we raised about a little over 41,000 for. Okay, and now you've come out with uh, For the Win uh, as your third Kickstarter game, but you've you've had some other games come out, right? Um, what was the last one you guys just brought out? The last game that we just brought out, uh, we had in October of 2011, we had Belfort and Eminent Domain released, which we had funded through Kickstarter, and Martian Dice. They all came out at the same time. So what was the decision to have not, not have Belfort come out on Kickstarter like you had done with all, all these other games that you've brought out? Well, when I already funded, or when we got the Kickstarter funding for Eminent Domain, uh, Belfort was already had um, funding priority from the company, right? And that's why Eminent Domain had to be on Kickstarter because I could tell it would be uh, significantly later coming out. Probably wouldn't even be out still. Probably another year from uh, today if we didn't do Kickstarter on Eminent Domain, but that was because we had funding going into Belfort and into Jab, and, uh, and Martian Dice was just a, a very quick project in general. 
Okay, so you're... Tasty Minstrels games, then, you kind of, as we've talked about in the past, you kind of set the set the standard early with Eminent Domain in 2010 that got everybody's attention. You were kind of the first big one um, at, at that level. Mm-hmm. And is what's your philosophy at Tasty Minstrel games around Kickstarter and when you should use a Kickstarter project and, and when you shouldn't? Because there seems to be, <clears throat> right, sometimes you use it, sometimes you don't. Right. So my philosophy has evolved over time on this and the evolution has gone as such first i decided to give it a try with eminent domain and that worked out and so i was very keen on doing another kickstarter project but i did not want to start another project without delivering the first one um just something about that didn't seem like the best approach and so that is why it took a full year to have another game on Kickstarter, whereas if I was if I was more comfortable doing that in a serial nature, while you know something might not have been delivered, but to re- to have another project on Kickstarter anyways, then I could uh do more. And so that was my second that was my original philosophy about when to uh, do a Kickstarter project when I had first been successful with Eminent Domain. Okay. At this point in time, yeah. as I've gained more experience in the industry and realized that while um, you know, we bring in revenues and profits off of a, a game like Eminent Domain, um, most of that money that, at least for a significant amount of time, is going to be reinvested into that product line. It's printing more copies, it's getting artwork done for expansions, and so on and so forth. And so I realized that unless I have outside funding coming into the game company, that... I just was not going to be able to release very many games. And we have, uh, in the in the For the Win Kickstarter video, I explained that I had been sitting on that for a year and a half. When I was sitting on that, I was actually sitting on another two games, which are really pretty good, and uh, really good, actually, uh, thoroughly enjoyable, but I had to let go of those because uh, For the Win was the one that I lost potential. And so... Uh, sorry, you know, uh, we, we broke up just a little bit. So For the Win was the one that you uh, that you what? That, that I liked the most. Okay. Felt had the most potential. Oh, okay. And so, as it is, we're sitting on... Oh, I think it's... I just had a... You know, we went over this... I just went over this with Seth. And we're sitting on, I think, six complete or nearly complete designs that, uh, you know, it's just how do these come out without utilizing Kickstarter? And the answer is they won't. And so rather, my attitude now is rather than picking and choosing is that I present them all and see what happens. So you're t- are you telling us that you're going to 
we should see a series of Kickstarter projects coming out from Tasty Minstrel Games, kind of one after the other? Yeah, probably. Okay. So let's talk then about let's talk about the one that you've got right now, and that okay. is For the Win. You said that right. you've had that one. You've been working on this one for a while, right? Well, it's been complete for a while. And it's then, been complete for a year and a half, yeah. So for the listeners who might have be in a similar situation, kind of what brought your – what brought you to this point then to release it now and under these circumstances? And I, I missed that last part. Of that under part. these circumstances, you you brought it out now in January, right after the holidays. Uh, it just went live. Uh, kind of what was the what was your thought process on the timing and the whole way you've launched this campaign? Because this one's been a little bit different. We'll we'll touch on that in just a second. But what was your thought process well, coming into this? The thought process was excessively simple. It was that. For the win had all the artwork done, and I, um, I just, you know, I could afford to start the process of getting the molds made out of the, uh, you know, the company funds, and so it's something that could be delivered fairly quickly after after it funds, and that it was ready and it's been ready, and nothing else was was ready at the time, and if I. It wasn't like absolutely ready to go. There are things that are very close, and if you know, if I'm going to have five or six projects on Kickstarter in a year, um, then that's going to be all year long. You know, if I had one every two months, that's that's a lot of effort that goes into all of those. Uh, from my understanding, as you put out a Kickstarter project, anybody that it takes a lot of work. It's almost a full time job to keep a Kickstarter project going with momentum yeah absolutely and it's um yeah it is so how uh um how much time is it taking to keep so you got for the win and you got another one coming right behind it are you going to have them overlapping or are they going to be uh in sequ- in sequence or are they going to be in parallel um they will not overlap but they will and there won't be funding in parallel, but they'll. Uh, if people backed both projects, they would be sitting on a situation where um, I have multiple games that are to be delivered. Okay. Did so, I answer the question uh, well yeah, for you? So. Yeah, you're gonna. Okay. You're gonna, gonna kind of link these together in a chain. One gets done, the next one launches. One gets done, the next one launches. Rather than. You know, last year, uh, folks over at Clever Mojo Games had two going at the same time. They had Sunrise City and Alien Ex- uh, Alien Alien Frontiers uh, Factions, right? Right. So that's what I was asking. Are you going to do this in tandem? Because it takes a lot, of, a lot of effort to keep the momentum going. Yeah, probably not in tandem. Okay. So speaking of momentum, your, your um, project this time, For the Win, has been... You've done this kind of in a unique way. This is... Uh, there's been some conversation and, and talk out there about how you've launched this campaign because you have something called, let's see, you're, you're, first of all, you're asking for, you've upped the amount of money you're asking for, $15,000. Yep. And you've done something called, <laughs> sorry, excuse no, me. No, that's all right. Uh, uh, you've done something called uh, pay what you want. Right. Tell us about the philosophy of what's that all about? <clears throat> um, it's, a method to do two things. Number one, to reward the 
fans of Tasty Minstrel Games to reward those who are on our email list, you know, and pay attention to what we what we're doing because um as I said the last time we were on the show, I was on the show, um that the relationship with the individual is very important to me. And now we have there's 6,500 people on our email list right now, so obviously I can't maintain an individual relationship with each person. But you know, I can, I can. This is something that I can do that helps to to build that relationship. So that's the first part of it. The second part of it is just that when there's more more mouths on what amounts to a word of mouth campaign that I would expect that to, to be beneficial. Okay, so let's, help, let, let's, our, let's, let's have our listeners help them understand what you've done here. So I'm looking at your project right now. So you first had uh, a limit of 200 people who could buy, get the game, pledge at $5. Buy is not the right word. They could pledge and receive a copy of the game for $5. Then you had right. 500 backers who could pledge at $10. And then 100 backers... This, oh, this is a new one you just added. 100 backers at $15, and then 45, and then no limit on $20, no limit on $30, and then as you go up, and then you have the, the uh, what do you call it? The, kind of the retail retail version, and you've you've backed a little bit about that. When I do the math, and that's what I guess some uh, people are wondering. That's you know 700, 800. You got 800 copies. Plus, if uh, if people are doing the international one, where you get twelve copies for a sixty-seven percent discount, you know that's that's a lot of lot of copies at a very low price between five and basically five and ten dollars. Right. It sounds like not knowing the numbers or anything, but it sounds like that you're almost taking a loss when it comes down to shipping and manufacturing and artwork that. Uh, it seems hard to believe that you could actually deliver a game, 200 copies of the game at $5 plus shipping. Um, I can't deliver 200 copies of a game. At, well, I can deliver 200 copies of a game because I can take, I take a little bit of a loss on doing that. Uh, but the, the rest of it, I don't. Um, the main idea is that for me at least because I have a decent relationship with the distribution partners and um, and so that my game is going to be picked up in retail stores right and so the basic idea is that the Kickstarter campaign is and this is another side idea but that the Kickstarter campaign is the initial seed of how many people are playing the game and given the viral nature inherently viral because if you want to play the game you play it with someone else and they get exposed to the game maybe they like it and buy it is that uh, the more games that I have out there the better plus when someone comes to any Kickstarter project and they see on the right of the screen and it says the number of backers and the amount of money they've raised right if something says there's 10 backers and they've raised $250, my first reaction when I look at that is whoop-de-doo. No one wants this. Why do I want it? And so 
that this is another way to say do the inverse of that and you say oh wow eight nine hundred people and oh clearly I want this um, or at least I should be considering wanting it um, there you have it I think if okay. I answered the actual question well I think I answered I, a question you answered that <laughs> I gave you an opportunity to kind of explain it and you got to answer it any way you wanted so there was no there was actually no right or wrong answer um, oh and so and so what I actually end, ended up doing was I had the 200 slots at $5, I knew those would go quick. I didn't know how quickly they would go. How quick did they, they go? Were, they were gone in a little over an hour. Okay. Right? And I sent out the notification email on Saturday at 9 in the morning. And so I said, oh, wow, these went really fast. I didn't know how fast they would go. So I opened. that's when I opened up the 500 slots at $10.00. Because I, I didn't want, while I wanted to build a relationship with the people who are fans of what we're doing and, and get, you know, like to receive our communications about what we're doing, I don't want to punish the, the other or, you know, look like I'm punishing the, the people who were not awake on Saturday at 9 a.m. checking their email. Right. Right. So that's why I opened up that and... Um, and I think, so the initial premise that this is going to get a lot of momentum going is accurate, but other than what I've had on those pay-what-you-want scale, I, I've been underwhelmed by the rate at which people are pledging. And so I think I have something wrong in my... Uh, reward levels, and I'm going to be looking more thoroughly at those, and probably uh, making a little, making some additional reward options, and so those will be coming up soon-ish. Okay. But I, very soon-ish. Well, as we as we as we wrap up the the, the episode here, because I'm looking at your you're at fifteen thousand dollars. Goal. You're currently sitting at eleven thousand eight hundred dollars. So you've got another thirty-two hundred dollars to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, thirty-two hundred. Yeah, with eighteen days, yeah, you should be able to pick up thirty-two hundred. The challenge will be, in my opinion, is that you're going to have to. You just opened up your hundred uh, hundred backers at fifteen dollars. That'll bring in if that fills up. That'll bring in another. No, that's filled. Zero, that's filled. Oh, oh, sure enough, zero of a hundred remaining. So. You need to raise $3,200 to hit your goal, and all right. Um, so, you know, what you, at 20 bucks, a, a pot, let's say it was 30 That makes math easier. At 30 you need 100 more backers, right? Mm-hmm. At 30 um, Any worries that you might not find those 100 people, that this 908 jumped on board, they got it early, and there's not 100 people out there wanting to, willing to pay? Three times, no, no, six to three that's, t- no. That's not that's not my worry. It's the worry is that I have really cool overfunding goal, right? That is, I mean, this is this is the best overfunding goal I've ever seen or ever. Is it on? Know. I'm not seeing it on the website. Is it on the uh, Kickstarter? It, it's not. It's not there yet because we still have the first hurdle to get over. Got it. And and I don't want to announce it yet, but. If okay. this takes a while, then it's going to be very, very short time frame to get the the other the remainder 
it'll be interesting. You've got, uh, and we're and we're out of time. You've got the thirty two hundred dollars to go. Eighteen days. You know, uh, that's a what twenty percent. You're about eighty percent. So, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see when you reach it and then how far you su- surpass it by. That's that's what I want to see too. Michael, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you taking the time to kind of sit with us and talk to us about the the thought process behind kind of a unique uh, uh, approach that you've taken. You guys continue to be kind of at the cutting edge of some of the things that you're doing on Kickstarter. So for the win, they can go out to the Kickstarter page and back it. It's currently got nine, has 908 backers with $11,809 with 18 days to go. Michael, again, thank you very much uh, for being on the show. You are welcome. You have been Thank listening. Yo, oh, my my pleasure. Uh, and we will have you back again. It'll be interesting to talk to you again after this uh, succeeds to to take your insights from that. Okay. You've been listening to Funding the Dream, a Game Whisperer podcast for Kickstarters. Now, hopefully, you've listened, been inspired of what you've heard, and it's your turn. Go on, fund your dream. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer. Take care.